Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports Simon Cooper joins us on the line Evening Simon Good evening So Eric Ten Hag uh, Mark Ogden here and Rob Dawson on ESPN are pretty much saying the deal is uh, done. Manchester United have made their decision. Ten Hag is getting the job. Uh, one of the reasons, not the exclusive reason, but one of the, one of the reasons uh, he writes, PSG's readiness to hold out for a £15 million compensation package was another issue for United, who are able to appoint Hag if they pay a £1.7 million compensation figure to Ajax. So certainly financially it makes more sense to go for Ten Hag. Why else do you suspect they have gone for Eric Ten Hag? Uh, for a start, let's let's say it once correctly. Erik Ten Hag, and Ten Hag is his surname. And so I think it's a very good choice. Ten Hag, sort of, he had everything against him. He's an ugly guy, bald, uncharismatic. He speaks in this kind of Eastern Dutch provincial accent, so he sounds like a kind of country rube. He wasn't a very impressive footballer. He was a kind of right back in the middle of the Dutch Premier League. So the fact that somebody like that then gets to the top of football suggests that he actually has something going on. He has something to offer, which he does. Mm. And so when he took over at Ajax, he was mocked for all those reasons. You know, he didn't look like a great manager. But he actually has a very deep understanding of football and especially pressing football. So Johan Cruyff invented modern football, the kind of pressing game we play on the other team's half. All the best teams nowadays play it. Manchester City, Bayern Munich, Liverpool... And Ten Hag, having been a manager in Holland, quite successful, went to Bayern Munich uh, about a decade ago and became Pep's assistant. And he coached Bayern's second team and they were on the same page. And so Ten Hag developed this very rapid pressing game that Ajax play and that I suspect United will play if he manages to get the United players doing that, which is uh, we win the ball when you're near your penalty area. When you have the ball near your penalty area, we have what looks like anarchy, but we have just loads of hordes of players descending on whoever has the ball. We dominate the area around the ball and we keep winning it back near your goal and then we score. And so Ajax, which has not got players to match those of United, you know, if you look at a lot of the Ajax players, they kind of didn't do very well in the Premier League, like Dusan Tadic, Daley Blinds, David Klaassen. But with Ajax, um, they were unlucky to be knocked out by Benfica in the second round. But they'd won six out of six in the first round of the Champions League. And Ten Hag also led the Ajax team that reached the Champions League semis, got within a minute of the Champions League final in 2019 with much, much less money than the big clubs. So I think in football terms, he's special. He doesn't look special, but he is special. Mm. Can you tell us a bit more about his personality? Because if that's the style of football he wants to play, they are going to need a complete overhaul at Old Trafford. Yeah, I mean, he's a very understated, calm, restrained, kind of better male figure. He is nothing like Jose Mourinho in his presentation. He listens. He knows exactly what kind of football he wants to play. But he talks to the players. He, <coughs> I'm sorry, I'm recovering still from COVID a month ago, he um, is able to have intelligent conversations in a non-grandstanding way all the time. And so 
players respect him just because he knows an enormous amount of football. He's not the guy who kind of throws open the changing room door and says, here I am, now everything is different. That's not him. Hmm. So could you give us a little more insight into uh, is, is the, the, the footballing acumen then? Like you mentioned the stints over in Munich, for instance. Would he have been, uh, through his playing career or maybe early on in his coaching career, would he have done interviews or... Uh, caught the eye in ways to suggest he had a lot going on intellectually. He did. I mean, he's very understated. What he talks a lot about when people give him the chance is half spaces, which, as I understand it, is what they used to call the inside right, inside left positions. Mm. So you divide the field into five, um, five zones, going from the left wing to the right wing. So you have outside left, inside left, centre forward, inside right, outside right. So you have five or four depending zones where players can come in. And so you should never have two in the same zone. And players have to be incredibly precise about what zone they occupy, both when you have the ball. And when you have the ball, 100 miles per hour. When you lose the ball, 100 miles per hour. And then the um, what he calls the rest defence. So you attack... You know, like it looks like attacking like lunatics, but you always have three guys back so that if you lose the ball and the opposition breaks, they're always facing three players, uh, typically the two centre backs and the central midfielder. Mm. So you're actually not running many risks because there's a lock on the back door. And so this demands a huge amount of coordination and understanding from the players, which I access mostly young players have done, which shows that he's good at explaining. And they've won the league, you know, pretty much every year, I think, for the last three, something like. So it's been very, very successful. And I know, we all know, that Manchester United is a very different set of players. Yes. It's going to be very interesting to see how he goes in a whole, in a whole host of areas. Uh, like, so you, you say there he's uh, understated and restrained and uh, thoughtful personality. Uh, that would suggest that the spotlight that's going to be on him, which will be unlike anything he's ever experienced, you know, there's probably only one way to uh, get a sense of what that's going to be like, and it's to to be there where every decision will be uh, mulled over. It doesn't sound like he's prone to uh, lashing out or letting criticism uh, get to him. I suspect Ajax is his own kind of fishbowl. Yeah, I mean, Ajax feels like a fishbowl when you're in it. And when he took charge, the biggest Dutch newspaper, the kind of Daily Mail of the Netherlands, the Telegraph, for reasons of their own, ran this campaign against him. You know, he was rubbish and I actually chosen the wrong man and so on. And they wrote this for months and he sort of ignored it. He never engaged. He never, after a win or, you know, when they reached the Champions League semifinals and won 1-0 away at Spurs, he never said, you see, I was right. Yeah. Nothing. He's a very uh, calm guy. I mean, I, I know because I'm the same generation as him, He's 52, I think. Hmm. He's sort of past the age where you worry over much about people saying mean things about you. I know that at United people will say mean things about him, but um, and he knows that. But it's not um, it's not going to bother him. It's also perfectly possible the project will fail. That he has a vision of how to play football, and maybe United players can't do that. But I think if it fails, it's not going to sort of be the the end of him as a person. Yes. It's going to be interesting to see as well how he handles uh, disciplinary issues in this dressing room. 
just to think of a couple of recent dilemmas for any coach, Ronaldo uh, seemingly, and it's only a report, but not included in the starting lineup for Manchester City and heading back to Portugal for the weekend or the many, many leaks from the dressing room from various players, agents to journalists. All of these things are creating a pretty horrible culture around the club. Is he a disciplinarian? Is he not really? Light? I mean, yeah. he, he kind of treats players as grown-ups, and you know, if you want to say stupid things in the media, he's not very obsessed with that. What he does care about is this immense physical preparation. Okay. So Ajax players are super fit, and the ideal used to be the kind of Pep ideal was we lose the ball, we press for five seconds mm. at maximum intensity. Mm. Now that's a lot, you know, five seconds of ten guys. Uh, pressing like lunatics mm. but Ajax press for more than five seconds at their best you know they press for closer to 10 seconds and that takes an enormous amount out of you so you have to be super fit and so um, that is what he's going to need to do with United I don't see how a Ronaldo who you know there is only one better player than Ronaldo but he doesn't defend. I don't see how Ronaldo fits into that system. So I'm presuming Ten Hag quietly hopes Ronaldo will be gone by summer. Yeah, and I guess I'm skirting around that whole issue in, in my various questions because if he's wedded to this style of play and it all sounds very impressive, there's nothing revolutionary about it now. This is the way modern football is. But if he's wedded to this style of play, then I'm sure he's well aware so was Ralph Rangnick. In fact, Ralph Rangnick supposedly the godfather of this style of play from a German point of view. And it hasn't worked. The players, either through a lack of understanding or a lack of fitness or a lack of application or maybe a combination of all three, have pretty much since the opening half against Crystal Palace, where they sort of tried it in his first game, they've sort of binned that approach and have been just a mishmash of all kinds of nothing. And it's, it's just uh, dissipating in front of our eyes. So, and, and so I'm sure Ralph Rangnick could sit at a chalkboard with Ten Hag I hope my pronunciation is getting better. By the way, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure oh, they could. I'm sure they could, they could. They could sit at a chalkboard and map it all out and agree with each other. But uh, what he has here is a cultural problem primarily, and and so, like he can't have Ronaldo there. I would put it to you, he just can't because Ronaldo on the pitch. Uh, undermines the entire system. Ronaldo on the bench undermines the general atmosphere. So these are the big challenges which are going to decide his uh, tenure and that he's going to have to win them early and win them quickly because otherwise in 12 months he's already starting to lose uh, the general support of everyone. Look, I agree with you about Rangnick. Rangnick is a great man, an innovator, you know, in the modern football that Johan Cruyff invented. And Rangnick though came in mid-season with a team that wasn't his. Yeah. Uh, Ten Hag, I'm sure, will have told the United executives, look, um, I don't want Ronaldo. Uh, try and get rid of him. And he'll have made other comments mm. to internally, which, you know, he won't publicise. To, to, which, to which they'll say, look, we hear you. He sells a lot of jerseys. He generates a lot of clicks. We think it would be best if he stayed, Eric. So I want I, to know what's his response then. I think he would say, look, uh, I don't see Ronaldo playing in my system and there are other clubs I could go to. Or I could just say Ajax, which has been a very happy place to work for me for four years. So, and he would say, I think, to United, look, do you want to keep finishing third? And uh, I think he he's not sort of the world's most ambitious man. 
And I think he would have said to United, look, I completely understand you want to keep Ronaldo and sell shirts. And I think it's probably better if I don't come. Okay. I, I don't see why he would need to coach United if it's not going to be the United that he wants to coach. And he's not kind of a megalomaniac. So at Ajax, Mark Overmars did the transfers until Overmars was me too and turned out to sexually harass women in the club and was fired in February. But for years, he and Ten Hag worked together. And Ten Hag wasn't the guy who said, oh, I have to control everything at the club and every transfer is under my control. Mm. Probably I'll be checking in with someone every now and then. After we, we imploded in the league last year, I wasn't right for yeah. a long time. Keep up to date with the latest WSL action and the biggest interviews. Subscribe to the Koi Gig podcast stream on the OTV Sports app now. Yeah, well, it's going to be fascinating to see. I mean, on the Ronaldo issue and on various other issues um do you think it's going to work out for him sounds like you do sounds like you think it's a good appointment and and if manchester united play ball here they have a very impressive candidate i think it's a good appointment i mean of course the other thing is that every united manager for nine years has failed um you know this is the club with the highest revenues in english football and the highest net transfer spending in all of football for a decade and it's all been wrong so there are obviously structural problems, which one man won't necessarily solve. But I think United have made the right choice. It's also, I think, the first time that I can recall that United's manager is not an alpha male, is not a kind of dominatrix figure who, um, you know, if, if you see Ten Hag, he looks like not even a middle manager. He looks like the guy who's the number two of the middle manager in the kind of IT room. That You go into the IT room and you say, where's the manager? And Ten Hag looks up from behind the screen and says, yeah, sorry, he's out, come back later. Mm. See, I just worry listening to that. And, and by the way, can we say we're being mean here to Ten Hag? You know, like the, the bold is beautiful and uh, I'm sure he's, he's uh, very charming in his own way, Simon. No, I think he's a hugely admirable guy. <laughs> you know, football is such a stupid visual uh, industry yeah. that for someone like him, who also wasn't a great player, to become manager of Manchester United... He really had to come a long way. Sure. Say so Oligogos Gunasolskia had zero achievements as a manager when they gave him the job. Yes. Well, I'm I'm, I'm sort of joking with you anyway. But um, on Solskjaer, that I was just going to make the very point. I guess so I I don't know Ten Hag. Not really. I, I watched Ajax in the Champions League. But based on what you're saying, I feel like Oligogos Solskjaer was not an alpha male, and therefore he was bullied into taking Ronaldo, something I don't think he wanted to do, and he was pushed around by the executives. And they were more than happy to push him around and make terrible decisions. And so I just wonder if maybe you do need a stronger character to push back in the way that Solskjaer didn't. I don't know about character. I think, unlike Solskjaer, Ten Hag knows how he wants a top-level team to play football. Mm. And he's thought it through in a lot of detail. Mm. And unlike Solskjaer, he spent kind of 15 years working on that, how you play football. And he studied under Guardiola. And so I, you know, I just couldn't understand why they appointed Solskjaer. I I thought, you're united. You could appoint one of the five best coaches in the world. If I were then, I'd have gone around and say, who are the five best coaches in the world? Okay, which one of them can we get? Instead of saying, oh, there's this bloke who scored an iconic goal for us and he's coaching in Norway. So let's get him. So I think Ten Hag is much more, if I were running United, that's where I would have ended up. Yeah. 
I, I, it strikes me, you know, you've looked at the running of football in from various quarters. You must look at Manchester United as much as the rest of us and be somewhat astounded at the level of incompetency. Yeah, I mean, I, I just can't understand it. I, I can't understand in what universe you would decide we need a new manager and that manager should be Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I mean, and it's not that I'm saying it's after he failed, I said it before he was hired. So, uh, I mean, I can understand the logic of going for Moyes or Mourinho. To, to become manager of Manchester United, you really, you thought, and need to prove in yourself as a manager. Mm. And uh, yeah, so I, I just, I, I find it baffling. And if you if you talk about bad um, management, I think their net transfer spending over the decade is a billion euros, which is the highest in global football. And, you know, they obviously don't have very much to show for it. No, I guess a final point, like a texter who's listening or somebody watching on YouTube, Joseph O'Hanlon makes the point. Bruno Fernandes just extended his contract until 2027. Uh, he reckons he wouldn't fit into a Ten Hag system, it seems. Uh, at, a, at a glance, Ronaldo aside, how equipped are these Manchester United players to fit into a Ten Hag system? Maybe starting with Fernandez, for instance. Uh, Paul Pogba, I think he wouldn't be upset if he leaves in the summer. I mean, Pogba can do anything. I mean, Pogba is the most gifted footballer in Europe. He's not the best footballer in Europe, but he he has more gifts than anyone except maybe Messi and Ronaldo. Except Messi and Ronaldo. Mm. And, you know, the, the I mean, Pogba is sort of He's weird because he wants to express himself on the field, which you're not supposed to do as a footballer, especially one who can also be the best defensive footballer in the world, best defensive midfielder in the world. So Pogba is a whole different problem. He could do exactly what you want. He could be the best pressing midfielder, you know, number six in the world, but he doesn't seem to want that. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, I think, is fine because, you know, Dusan Tadic came to Ajax and became the main figure, the most important and the captain of Ten Hag's team. Because Tadic, he's not fast, uh, he's not strong, he can't really tackle. But like Fernandez, he's a brilliant footballer who understands football. And so he and Ten Hag talk all the time, as I'm sure Fernandez and Ten Hag would, um, about space and you need to be there. And, um, you know, you are the person who's going to create the goals in my team. But you need to do some other things, which you'll completely understand how to do. So, I mean, I think a footballer like Bruno Fernandez would actually be happier in a team with a system mm. than United, which seems to me a team almost without a system. Yeah, no, they're completely out of system. Jaden Sancho thrived in a system at Dortmund. I think quite a few of them are just crying out for a system, in fact. So uh, interesting times. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, we wish you well at the recovery, by the way. But thank you so much, Simon, for coming on and give us an insight into Eric Ten Hag. Ah, pleasure to talk to you. You're going to be correcting me with that in about 18 months still. But hopefully he's still at Old Trafford then. Thank you. Bye.